Hi, I'm David. And I'm Doug. And we are Beyond Hungry. Doug, I heard you went camping a few weeks ago. How did it go? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, once again, not not camping in the sense that like, you know, tent and you can't fire anything like that. Uh, we went to my fiance Shelby's cabin uh, for about a week uh, like we did last year. And, um, you know, it was kind of nice because I know that the last time we talked about this, we both kind of came to this realization that, you know, we wish we had cooked, you know, our food more <laughs> or we we wish we'd done something other than like this like stereotypical idea of like camp food of uh of like hot dogs and and things like that and straight away from you know the standard fare of like americana and things like that and uh i definitely got to do that i got to stray away from that i got to try some new things while i was out there and uh yeah it was really 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 exciting um david wait, have you been have you been camping at all lately no we're trying to um with everything going on, we're trying to find time in our schedule to go camping. So we've been looking at some spots. Um, mm-hmm. We're thinking it's probably going to be in the fall, seeing how our oh, schedule yeah. lines up. So nice. Uh, also, depending on on some weekends to to get some final things going on. So, but also it's it's that season, you know. Last year with 2020, everyone went camping, went to national yeah. parks, and it's the same thing again. I, I believe it's pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think camping has become, uh, I think I was reading an article a little while ago on like there is this new, I don't know, like people are treating camping a little bit different than they have before. There's especially like this, like we had like this idea of glamping like quite a few years ago, but I think that's now being transferred over to food that I think, you know, really kind of fits us really well where people don't want to just eat like, you know, freeze dried stuff. If they're going to go camping, they want to like, uh, they really want to like up the level of food they're bringing there and they want to take their cooking setup or something similar to that out and have really good food and experiment mm-hmm. with food uh, out in, you know, nature. I, I, I think was it was it your brother-in-law that that really that brought his cast iron pan when you went camping camping last and he really wanted to try that out. Yeah, he really wanted to try that out. But, you know, also like when a lot of first timers are out there, you like think about where you're, you're camping. Um mm-hmm. You know, he was going to like Yellowstone. He was going to like where, where there's a situation with bears. So right, obviously yeah. there's like bear locks and bear, like bear lockers and bear proof, you know, coolers and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. definitely something to consider. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's been a rise in the Instagrams where like people are literally cutting, like setting up a kitchen in yeah. the campsite. <laughs> yeah. But which not is like, like, not just like the burners either. They're going like campfire. Yeah. cutting board kind of going more of a in a way natural yeah. essence you know what i what i see a lot is i see a lot of videos on like facebook i feel like there's an account from somewhere in like eastern europe like ukraine or something like that where they just have this like old couple that has they you know they have these like gnarly knives and they just go outside and they cook things over like an open fire and i like i see those videos all the time or there's the um there's the chinese one uh, where you have this this girl who is out in this very rural part of China in this kind of like, you know, house slash farm with her grandmother. And she goes and she like picks all the ingredients from the forest and her garden and then makes these beautiful, elaborate Chinese dishes that are also, you know, feel kind of humble as well. And it's like, I think people are wanting to get back to nature and they want to see that relationship. There's this like romantic notion of, you know, seeing things out in the farm or in the field or in the forest and being able to bring that right to your table. People are wanting to do the farm to table thing themselves, I think. And oh, yeah. uh, even I think there is uh, there's an account, I think, like Black Food Forager, uh, where, you know, you have this woman who's who's out there foraging like uh, flower blossoms from trees and other things and taking things from around her garden or neighbors, you know, in, in not necessarily like a rural area, like in a urban suburban area and, you know, being able to make, you know, food out of that or make drinks out of that, which I think is really cool. And so, yeah, like people are, are definitely interested in this. It's definitely a, a movement, I think. Yeah, I, I really enjoy and I like I appreciate that people are going back to nature, but, you know, people have to take care of it, too. So I think a lot of parks yeah. there are not used to the influx of people still. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. Yeah, that's what we exactly what we don't want to happen is for this 
foraging thing to go wild and all of a sudden like we have you know ten thousand foragers descending upon a park <laughs> somewhere and completely like destroying the ecosystem I, I mean look i i would not be surprised if that happens at some point and then you know or or ten thousand people descend on like a a park somewhere and don't realize that it's being sprayed with pesticides and get really sick or something <laughs> like that like you know uh, I, I would not be surprised if something like that happens in the near future. So, so tell me, so tell me, what did you cook? What did you make? What was like on your like, you know, your prep list of like, I need to get these ingredients. Yeah, this is going to be my process in the cabin with your limited tools and right. So, so last year, you know, one mistake that I made that I talked about was that like I sort of felt like I didn't have access to a lot of ingredients going into the town that I was going into, like the nearby like kind of tourist town. Mm -hmm. And then when I got there, I was like, ah, oh, I'm an idiot. They just opened like this organic fancy food store. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't need <laughs> to bring all this stuff. And so like our my packing list for bringing food that I didn't think I could find there just like shrunk to almost nothing. So the only, um, the only piece of food that I really brought was a jar of homemade kimchi that I had made uh, a cup like a week earlier. I'd started that process uh, and it had started fermenting and I brought that with me in a cooler, you know, on the car trip. And so that was one thing that I knew I was going to use and everything mm -hmm. else uh, I knew I could kind of get around there, uh, which was nice. Uh, and so, you know, I think the first night in, you know, we got to the cabin, we went into the town, picked up a couple provisions, uh, hemmed and hawed about a couple of things. But um, I, I think probably the, the, the thing that had the most influence on what I cooked that week was I bought um, a, a sort of, I, I bought the smallest one that I could find, but it was still, it was still pretty big, but I bought a bison chuck roast. Ooh. Yeah. I was just like, I've never had an opportunity to work with bison, like, you know, but like very frequently. And so like this might be a chance where like I can I've bought this big piece of meat. I can use it a couple different ways and then I can get acclimated to, you know, uh, cooking with it a little bit more and, and try it a few different ways. And so that that's what I did. So I bought this bison chuck roast and that became kind of like a, a centerpiece or a theme uh, throughout the week that I stayed there, which was nice. Man, that's nice that you were able to get bison. I really yeah. don't receive really bison. In, in it was stores. stupid expensive. I mean, no, sorry. It, it was appropriately priced. Like, let's be fair. It is It is like, this is not like, there's not as large of an industry surrounding, you know, the farming of bison and the raising of, of, of bison than there is around like cattle or chickens or anything or pork, you know, especially here in Iowa. And so it is absolutely like it should be expensive do i wish it were cheaper absolutely does it make sense that it's as expensive as it mm -hmm. is absolutely right, right, right. um and like what i know about bison I, I don't know have have you have you eaten a lot of bison david i do enjoy bison um, okay very it cooks pretty fast and it can be really tough so it's it's a tricky of course like with any you can't treat any meat especially or cuts the same as which is yeah. before so it's a little takes a little education yeah. And I think, you know, as long as that's what I wanted to do was like, let me try to cook with bison and let me see, you know, what techniques work with it and how I want to adjust, you know, for using that meat. And like what I know about bison is I know that it's incredibly lean, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that it, it does not have nearly as much fat as as beef does and, and i think i've seen some claims that it actually has less fat than like chicken breast um wow. and so like it is super super lean um what i do know like it is really flavorful for being a lean you know meat uh and so yeah and then you know other than that you know trying to treat it as i would you know a red meat sort of beef but knowing that there isn't a lot of fat there and so trying to make sure that i like don't dry it out or use the appropriate methods knowing that it's going to be especially like a chuck roast mm -hmm. that particular cut that i'm going to need to 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 treat it the way that i would um you know low and slow kind of approach to certain things or like very thin and and fast uh and so and making sure to like try to cut it the right way mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah so like I think, you know, I cooked some basic things like I had like I think the first like dish that I prepared was just basic because we didn't have everything set up and I needed something that was like pretty easy. So I did like a steak. But um, the one interesting thing that happened was um, someone had messaged me on Instagram about um, 
about canned potatoes. Canned potatoes. <laughs> have you have you seen canned potatoes in stores? I don't think I have. Yeah, or, so, they're, they're probably there, just not me searching for them. Like, yeah, you know, like we, I, it, it's probably the blandest thing you could potentially find in the canned aisle. Like the potato, they're peeled. They're already like peeled, and so like, or they're sliced up, and so like, you're looking at like generally like a white can label with like white things on it. Like they just don't stand out. They're not green like peas. They're not yellow like corn. They don't have a lot of color to them, but they're they're usually in grocery stores. And someone suggested this idea uh, or, or, or brought this this dish to my attention that was like you take canned potatoes, which are, are basically, I believe, just potatoes that have been pre-cooked. Okay. Uh, and they're sort of sitting in their own like potato Water. cooking juice, you know, with some preservative, I'm sure. Uh, and you, you take those and you, you toss them with some oil and salt and then you roast them and they're supposed to get, I think like super, uh, brown on the outside and they're supposed to like, and this apparently like it simulates like a very nice kind of like potato dish that just takes a very long time. Um, but because they've been pre-cooked, they just, and they've been sitting in their own juice for a long time. It just, it, it, provides like a different kind of texture and so i had like a steak i had those i had some zucchini and cooked those up um it didn't turn out the way that i wanted to but i can kind of sort of see that like where it's going because it's like a very different texture of potato how was it like very even would would you would you buy it again would you do it again i want to try it it's like what i think i failed at is i think i failed to get the the nice like crisp kind of very even brown exterior uh, which is kind of what I wanted. I wanted that like crust on it. Uh, and that crust I think is supposed to happen because it's been sitting in starchy water and that starch browns is supposed to brown really easily. So mm-hmm. like once again, using an oven that I don't normally use, I'm pretty sure that like I got the temperature wrong or maybe I didn't put enough oil or something, but like, uh, but the inside of the the potato was really interesting because it was like super firm. Um, it's something about sitting in that liquid made it very firm even though i cooked it for quite a while and it didn't sometimes you can get potatoes that get that like nice um almost like mashed potato texture yes um but this one was like very firm uh and kind of you know it just like stood up it had more bite to it which i thought Mm. was interesting even though it was obviously very 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 well cooked at that point both before i got into the can or while it was in the can and then you know and then cooked again and so uh it's something that i'm i'm definitely kind of interested in and playing around with more but uh. i don't know like i think you should give it a shot i think there's some recipes out there i think it was helen rosner from the new york times i think she posted some on twitter someone had posted something and she tried it and was like this is amazing and so I'm going to try it. Well, I'm going to see if I can find them in the grocery store. I'm sure. Like, there's just so many things in the grocery store where, like, you know, if you have a list, you can have, like, a tunnel vision. Because you can spend hours in the grocery store just searching little items here and there. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, as far as bison goes, like, the first one... I get very ambitious when I have a lot of time. <laughs> so like, I think there was a day where it was like, okay, I'm just gonna like, I was planning things out like the night before. And I was like, okay, like, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I like put these all, all these ideas together? And so like, it was kind of ridiculous, but like I decided that I was gonna, my first like way of cooking bison, I was gonna do a braise um, because, you know, once again, kind of a tough cut that works better for like low and slow. And then also like I can take that braise and I can work it like I can I can eat the braise on the first night, but then I can take the leftover meat and kind of like, you know, resulting like stew. And I can use that for other things and use it to flavor other things throughout the week. And so I started with a bison braise and I wanted to do um, tacos because I've been wanting to make tortillas for, okay. <laughs> for the first. I wanted to try making tortillas because like I feel like that's something that needs focus um, and it uh, for me to try for the very first time. So. I found at the grocery store, I found like a Bob's Red Mill, like Masa Harina, um, you know, which yeah. is like, it's fine. Like, I'm sure it is fine. I couldn't find any lard, strangely enough. So I had to use vegetable oil. Okay. Um, but that, but I, I do want to try it again using lard because I feel like that that will probably yield better results. Uh, and so like I, I went around making tortillas. I, you know, mixed it with with lard and water and got like the dough and like let it sit for a while. And then. Um, and then I, I was reading online about all these like elaborate things you can do. And so like, uh, I, I made the, the, the masa dough. I like split them up into little balls, Mm -hmm. um, or like made them into a ball. And then I did the thing where you like, you take like a gallon Ziploc bag and you like cut off the sides. So it hinges 
on the very bottom and I would place it uh, on the bag, put the other side of the bag down on it. And I, but I don't have a tortilla press. (laughs) So I was just like, whatever, I have a plate. And I just tried to see if I could like press it down into Uh a little disc evenly. And honestly, I was really surprised that that worked. Yeah. I saw the, I saw the Instagram stories. I was like, wow, that, that looks like pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of trouble getting it out of like, you know, I had to kind of like peel it off onto my hand. And then like the part where I really ran into trouble, which I think, I think there's two areas. Like one, I think it's technique and like flipping it onto, I had like a cast iron pan that I was going to cook it on. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have a Kamal there. Um, but, um, there's two things that I think I probably got wrong. One, I don't have the technique quite down yet for like flipping. And then two, uh, I probably, you know, I'm sure the dough was probably off a little bit and that, you know, probably impacts, you know, how well it flips and also how well it stays together. Well, yeah, they'll stay together for sure. But I think it's the Ziploc bag part of it. Technique is huge. I yeah. mess up. Technique is like the, the the ladies and the people who can like flip tortillas and make tortillas like really fast yeah. at restaurants. And oh, it's they have insane. that technique. Yeah. Like I can never go that fast. Um, but when it comes to using like a plastic bag, the plastic bag that like, or like the plastic, mm-hmm. it's very thin from what my mom would explain to me and we use, it's almost like the thin as like the, the plastic bags that you get at the produce section. Okay. Like oh, so it's, vegetables. okay. So it's, it's so that when you peel it back, you're not gonna, the plastic it's not going to stick and it's, it's not, not going to stick. It's oh, not going to rip it. That makes sense. Cause yeah, I was doing, you know, I was using like the freezer bags, which have a thicker plastic. Yeah. And sometimes when I was trying to peel it off onto my hand, it would, it would crinkle or would bend a certain way and it would rip it. And I was like, ah, <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know that I like potentially I, if I just try to find like a thinner plastic, uh, or like would saran wrap work or do you need something that's not sticky? You need something that's not sticky. I think saran wrap okay. is too, difficult to work with you need something like a like yeah. kind of like the, the i think the grocery bags you can use the grocery bag okay that's interesting because they uh, try that next time they have some weight to them so like when you like peel them back they're, it's not going to stick to each, each other and stuff like that yeah so. that's fascinating okay that's that's good to know yeah and I, then um but i definitely want to like make i want to make tortillas but i want to make it like a combination like I've, I've been seeing like so many of these like almond flour tortillas or cassava oh really and, yeah. Uh, the flour corn. I really like the mix of the flour corn, but I'm like, I'm like, you know, really want to make a, a good corn tortilla. I do yeah. have a tortilla press that my mom gave me. So, yeah, I, I mean, I will say like, I thought about like, man, should I, should I buy it? Should I try to find some, some like dent corn and nixtamalize it? And I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> too much. That's too much. There's no way I have the, the like that is going to too many points of failure for me. Let's just try it with, you know, store-bought masa. And, and let's, let's go from there. But I, someday I think like, I want to try get better at making them from, you know, the sort of like pre-mix mozzarella. And then someday, once I get that down, then I can start to figure out like trying to nixtamalize my own corn and, and grinding it. Um, someday, I mean like probably in like a couple of years, probably <laughs> not, not anytime soon. Uh, I still have too much to learn to, to get to that point. I want to see if I can use my food processor for it. Cause there's no I've way. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen that. Um, I've seen some recipes that I think do uh-huh. that. Cause there's like <clears throat> no way I'm going to go venture out to Mexico to get like a, a corn grinder, you know, like a special, yeah. little special machines. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, there are some, there are some interesting companies out there. I, I can't remember what they're called, but like, I feel like there's like a new competitor to like the Rancho Gordo, like heirloom bean company. And then there's, and there's one of those that has, that might be from Mexico that is also doing like masa. Mm. Uh, and so I'll have to try and find them. But, um, but yeah, there's some, there's some interesting stuff going on and, you know, I, I I'd be curious about doing that. I, I also do want to try making a flour tortilla just because I also feel like that's sort of magical. Oh Yeah. Especially like if you can get like that stretchiness, the natural stretchiness on yeah, it. Yeah, like that's what I love because like the store-bought tortilla cannot do that. No, no it's <laughs> it really pretty cannot. firm and it's really hard. Like the only ones <clears throat> I've found that are store-bought, they're like, they come in like pre-packaged raw. Mm. And they, they're the only ones that can really have that elasticity. Yeah, and I, like that's the thing that like, I, 
you know, and maybe, maybe I know we've talked about how like we're bad at like overstuffing burritos and rolling them yeah. up. But like, you know what, you know what? I'm going to blame the tortilla. I'm going to blame the bad <laughs> non-stretchy store-bought tortillas for why I can't roll burritos. I, That's what I'm going to I, I agree. Because every time you go to a grocery <laughs> store, like not a grocery store, a restaurant. Also, I've been a couple of restaurants that like, talk, when you talk about overstuffing, there's some places I order tacos and you're like, mm-hmm. how, how do I like approach this taco to even lift it? <laughs> let alone yeah. to kind of fold it yeah and it's like it's a two bite situation so it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting like definitely homemade tortillas definitely are a game changer yeah so I, I i'd be interested in trying that and i i think i did hit kind of a decision point like when i was like at the grocery store, like do i maybe want to try to make a flour tortilla or do i use a corn tortilla like you know and uh, i went with corn this time just to, to try to keep it classic so but yeah so, so what I, else did you do I, what else did you get yeah, make? So, so i made that bison braise and then i did sort of like a weird thing like halfway through i made kind of like a i don't know i, I just took a left turn and i was like this braise is going to have a lot of liquid so what if I like try to do like the birria taco thing? And uh-huh. what if I can try and assemble? Now, of course, I don't have a food processor. I don't have a blender there. So I can't do the roasted chilies and liquid kind of thing. Just mash but, like, it up, man. Yeah. So look, I, I didn't even have like dried chilies there. <clears throat> so this is what I mean by like I half-assed this. I half-assed the birria. I had to use like chili batter. Super lame. I know, I know. But like I, I just wanted to see if I could like get a stew kind of going and then have the braised meat there. So that's what I did. I also made like a, uh, a roasted tomatillo and like poblano, like salsa, like a green salsa uh, that I tried out. And then I had um, last year, like I, I had a lot of uh, success trying to make like a, a three sisters style, okay. like succotash, you know, uh, you know, with like squash beans and corn. Um, this time I, 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 it was looking at like a Sean Sherman recipe, the sous chef. And um, he had one that was acorn squash, hominy and beans. I didn't have the right beans, but I tried that. And that was really, really, really good. But yeah, essentially I made my own tortillas. I got a nice bison braise going on. I, you know, did what I could to try to make it birria style. Once again, very half-assed, not anywhere close to where it should be. But like, honestly, like it was, it was still pretty good. Like there's, there's, you know, it's still braised meat in a fresh, you know, handmade tortilla, you know, although I'm not great at making hey, <laughs> core tortillas, like it was still nice to like sit there, have some braised meat, um, you know, <clears throat> have that three sisters on the side, have some fresh salsa on there that I'd made. And, and you put that together and it, and it was, it was still a great meal. Uh, I will say like, I think it's difficult for me to tell the difference between bison and beef other than like, it's hard for me to, like put my finger on what it is. Mm. I, I would say that like, I don't think it was like super gamey or anything, the the bison that I had. And, um, but like, it still did taste a little bit different than beef. And obviously okay. there wasn't as much fat. And I kind of had to augment the fat a little bit because I'd made like um, the night before I'd made some like breakfast with some bacon. And mm. so part of the problem that I imagine is also that like, because I wanted to augment how much fat was there in the braise, there was some like beef and pork drippings that I used okay. to kind of like amplify it. And I'm sure that affected the flavor and kind mm. of got me farther away from what like maybe a true bison flavor would be. Um, but you know, yeah, it was still, it was still a fun experience. I really enjoyed making tortillas. It was hard work. Yeah, um, dude. Like even, even, bit, even if yeah. you say you, you have, you have asked it, um, like just trying it and exploring and see what, what the process can teach you. I mean, like yeah. I, kudos to you. Like, like not many people would try everything that you did. Like barbacoa, it's very like <laughs> intensive and just the, the thought of like the cooking process and how you can use it in your situation is, hey man, props to you. Yeah. So then I had, so the next meal I had, like I have all this bison braise. I have done it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't use all of the bison for the bison braise. I, I left some um, aside to use for later, uh, but I still had a ton of bison braise. And so, um, you know, that had some like chili and garlic and a couple other like, you know, aromatic elements to it. And so the next morning, because I have all these leftover tortillas, 
I try to make chilaquiles because I have salsa too. Sweet, <laughs> so yes. I did. So I feel like there are maybe a couple different ways to do this. And you tell me if I if I did this, you know, the way that you do this. But but I I, I took my my uh, my leftover tortillas. Um, I fried them up a little bit in oil. Uh-huh. Then I added the salsa and kind of let them sit a little bit. And then um, and then you know. Then once that soaked in a little bit, then I, I gave them kind of like a hard frying cast iron. I got some bison braise out, obviously heat that up as well. Uh, and then, you know, I had some like crumbly cheese that I put on and then, you know, some eggs, you know, on the side and then just kind of put that all together. So, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I like I like to top mine off with like a sunny side up egg. Just have the yeah. yolk in there in addition. But yeah. yeah, pretty much that's how that's how I grew up eating them. Like yeah. usually the the quick way that i've seen people was like kind of like nachos with salsa you're like mm-hmm. this isn't like nothing soaked through nothing's really assembled but yeah like that how would you think about it like did you enjoy it it's good or i enjoyed it like look I, I it's hard to be purely objective but i feel like what i enjoyed was like i put so much time into these tortillas yeah like, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna use them <laughs> like i'm gonna i'm gonna use them and i'm gonna make them into something and i feel like that changes the subjective nature of like how good it is. Yeah, I mean, hey, like also like a good tortilla, like sucking sauce. It's almost like a like a bread, like a good depending on like yeah. the tortilla and the texture and its and its own. Yeah. And then if you have like obviously if you make it little chips and what mm-hmm. that extra flavor comes from. So yeah, yeah, like it could be objective. That's what that's what the objectiveness when people say like, you know, nothing's like my mom's cooking. Like that's right. That's an objective thing. Mm-hmm. And there's some moms out there who can cook really good stuff. So not to yes. take away from it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, from there, um, once again, I, I'd also like, you know, previously for like that breakfast that I had with some like bacon and stuff like that, I'd made some biscuits. And so uh, I think like the next morning, what was what was interesting like last year is that like um, we couldn't really go anywhere mm-hmm. to eat in town because of COVID. Um, you know, we went to like one restaurant that was like very, very, very safe and just opened up, opened back up for service because they wanted to avoid the Sturgis motorcycle rally and not get all their employees sick. Um, but, um, but we could like go out and eat at some, cause they do have some very nice restaurants in that town, Okay, um, but we could actually go out. And so like, I actually didn't get as much cooking done this time around, but you know, so I had to like pick my like spots. <laughs> um, and so like, I, as I said, like for, for like breakfast, like when I'd gotten there, I'd, I'd made some biscuits. And so uh, what I then did is like, we'd also brought some beer or bought some beer along the way at breweries. And so we'd, we'd opened up this like coffee stout uh, and then I hadn't finished all of it. Um, Cause you know, it, we also don't drink as much as we used to. And so even on vacation, we're like, oh, okay. Like maybe we're hitting this too hard. <laughs> like we can't, we can't do this. So I had some like leftover coffee stout that was sitting, that that sat out for a little bit and I put that in the fridge. And so I was like, okay, it's coffee stout. I make coffee every morning. I want to try something that I've never tried before, but I've always wanted to, which is like red eye gravy. Okay. Um, which is like, it just, you use, you use coffee, you know, leftover coffee uh-huh. or, or whatever. It was like, okay, but I've got a coffee stout and I have coffee. So I'm going to like throw them both in there. Um, throw that in with some of the bison braise. Uh, I had some, some cream as well. And then I, I basically just like made a roux, like flour and oil, flour and fat, um, tossed in some of the other like flavoring elements in there, uh, tossed in the coffee, the coffee stout, um, some of the bison braise and I had those biscuits and I just had like a really nice red eye gravy and biscuits, which was just like, oh, with man. some like sunny side up eggs. And it was like, oh, oh it was really that good. sounds delicious. Yeah. Red eye gravy. Like, like I said, like, you know, like biscuits gravy, I love. And it was nice to try a different version of it that like, A, didn't just have like, you know, ground sausage in it. So mm-hmm. like just a different flavor profile with the bison braise in there. But then having like the coffee, that bitterness, I felt like really because biscuits and gravy can get very heavy sometimes. Oh, yeah. Having the bitterness in there, like really lightened it up uh, and really made it interesting. And the coffee stout obviously added some like depth of flavor there. And that was like a really it, it, it was a really, really good, really good breakfast. I almost and thought then, that you were going to cook the so part of the, the braised, the, the bison, um, bison roast into with using the coffee stout. Cause like, I know that people like, you know, marinate uh, oh. some steaks and coffee, 
and yeah. I've, I've cooked a roast with like some beer, like using like an IPA or mm. a mixture of like a lager just because it makes it super tender. It's something that's yeah. lacking, like something that's very lean. So I'm kind of mm. curious. I have cooked uh, something with, with a stout, but not a coffee stout. And I do enjoy um, steaks that have been marinated with like espresso or coffee. Mm, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious. I might want to try a roast with, with a that coffee That sounds stout. like a really good idea. I think I, I, I might want to try that as well. Cause I've seen some like, yeah, some like, um, you know, coffee dusted like ribs or short ribs or stuff like that. And I, I think that would, that'd be really good. And I think like the um, stout with like the sugar content, uh, yeah. so tend to be a little <laughs> bit sweeter, might, might give a good caramelization. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like it um, almost tastes like a Guinness. Uh, what's like the Guinness, the, the Irish, is it the Irish uh, dish? I'm blanking here, dog. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Steak and kidney pie or um, what is it? I mean, there's like, ah, oh, what is it? <sighs> I mean, it's just, it's just just a Guinness pot roast. Oh, Guinness pot roast. Yeah, yeah. 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 Those are good. Those are always good. Those are solid. But I want something that's a little bit more like robust more in your face yeah. coffee like almost like an imperial barrel aged out i know part of be like people's like why would you do that to a beer but maybe I, one that's big enough that i can drink a glass as well as use as cooking because like exactly said, like I, I those coffee sets are hard like they're they're delicious but like sometimes there's only so much i can drink in like one sitting and, <laughs> and they sell them in bottles that are so big sometimes that it's just like oh, i wish i could like save some of this to use for something else like i mean that's what i do with wine like if i don't finish a bottle of wine i don't sweat it because i know i can cook with it okay <laughs> so yeah but i i don't always feel that way with beer especially like fancy beer but it's like you know you know there are things you can do with it i think so yeah so then like the thing that like i kind of saved for like the last half or like the near the end of our our week vacation because i just started the gimchi like you know kind of like a week and a half maybe before mm-hmm. i wanted to give it time to kind of continue fermenting and to continue to get a little more sour and so um I, I'd saved that like the the bison that I hadn't cooked off for the braise, and I decided to do like a quick bulgogi marinade. So That's soy cool. sauce, sugar, scallions, garlic, um, a little bit of like sesame oil, but mostly it's it's like a you want like a sweet salty kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny is like I didn't want to bring a bottle of soy sauce, and I like went into I don't know. Do you have a packet drawer? Yes. For seasonings from all the takeout. Dude, <laughs> yes. Like some, some of those come in handy, like the sriracha packets. And I'm like, yes, this is perfect. I, I brought sriracha packets and I brought uh I and I brought all the soy sauce pockets I could find. And I, I used so I was like opening like 12 of these like little packets, <laughs> like you know, pour into the bag for this marinade. And it was like, whatever, like this is perfect. I didn't have to bring a bottle of it. I get to use these up. Is this great quality soy sauce? Absolutely not. Do I care? No. And so like, you know, I, I got to use that for the marinade. And then um, and then I, I with the kimchi, I, I tried to make a, a kimchi chike, which is like a, a kimchi stew. You know, you, you, you know, put like zucchini and kimchi in a pot uh, with water. You can like try to caramelize it with some onions, you know, first if you want to like get a little more of that flavor um, and then water and then. Uh, and then, you know, some of the kimchi, like liquid, mm. uh, and then getting that to work uh, into like a stew. And then I use some like soft tofu, some uh, suntubu, uh, like the silk kind, uh, the silk tofu. And um, so I had a nice like bulgogi and uh, kimchi chike meal with some rice. And then uh, I also had some, I also bought some like seaweed, the, the, you know, like nori in Japan. And then I use that and I, I like use that in Korea. They, they use that as like a topping a lot. So, um, they'll take like the sheets of, of nori or in Korea, they call it kim. Mm-hmm. And, um, you kind of just like wave it over the heating element on the stove and you can roast it that way. So it makes it more brittle and then it also brings Ooh. out more flavor. And mm-hmm. then, and then you can like chop that up with scissors or with like a knife and then you like sprinkle it over stuff. And I had some like sesame seeds as well. And so that was like the first application of the kimchi and the bison bulgogi was really good. I really liked it. Um, it was, uh, once again, so this one, you know, well, the difference I guess is that like, I didn't have it augmented with like bacon fat or beef fat mm-hmm. this time. Um, 
but I think also the marinade is like very strong. So yeah. like, I don't think I could tell a difference. Like I could tell that it was different, but I couldn't like put my finger on it. Do you think it would be like texture wise, more texture wise than? <sighs> you know, cause I sliced it so thin, you know, cause I, mm-hmm. I, I did the thing where like, if you're ever slicing meat thin, like you want to put it in the freezer for a little bit. Yep. Cause it firms it up. And then, cause if you try to like slice thin, like room temperature meat, it like never works. Um, and so like I, and so like I try to slice it as thin as I could and get these like nice little sheets or shreds of it. And so, um, and then you just like cook it off at a high heat and then it, you can kind of get it caramelized. There, there are actually like different philosophies I think on bulgogi. Cause like sometimes you go to places and it's a very like, um, I think like, because I'm Korean American, I think I prefer sort of a little bit of char on there. Mm. Uh, but I think in Korea they, they don't tend to, at least when I was there, like there was a little bit of like a, a taboo around charred meat because like they sort of see it as very like carcinogenic mm-hmm. they want to be healthy. And so like bulgogi that you'll sometimes get often is like, it's a very saucy affair. And there's this like okay. liquid that like from the meat, like it, because the meat, when you cook it, it expels the liquid, the moisture. And then, but you have the marinade there and you have the flavors. So you have this like beautiful kind of like sauce that you like spoon over the rice and then mm-hmm. your rice is just like, be flavored and it's great. Yes. <laughs> so like I I so like I did a little bit of a mix. Like I charred it off a little bit and then I added some 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 liquid, some water, and then got that kind of like sauciness to it as well. So I tried to do the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, man, yeah. that sounds and great. That was a lot of fun. And did you make, yeah. make that into a taco or no, just- I I I didn't throw that I was out of tortillas at that point because I used them for the chilaquiles. Um, and am I saying that right? Is it chilaquiles? Yeah. Is it? Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and yeah, I didn't have anything there. So it was just rice. And then, uh, you can also use like the gim, the seaweed to mm-hmm. like, you can, um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well like roll this into like, you know, gimpop or something like that. But you can actually just take little rectangles of it and then like the thing to do is like either with your hands or with chopsticks you can if you're good with chopsticks you can like grab the rectangle and you can like sort of blanket that over like <laughs> meat and rice and, and kimchi and then you can you can sort of pinch it at the bottom and then you just eat the whole thing oh man that, <laughs> so is, it's like, that is some technique if any of our listeners like, want to try that and yeah record I mean, you can do it with your us. hand too but like if you can do it with your chopsticks like you can you just you just put it over you just like set it up on your plate it's like an inverse taco like, yeah, it's sort of like it. Yeah, and, and then and it's just a bite, and it's like you don't have to. It's not assembling. It's like almost like the least amount of assembly because you just put stuff. You have your rice. You put the stuff on the rice that you want in there, and you put the gim over it, and you just like get it all in one fell swoop, and then oh, pop it in your man. mouth, and you're good. So if any of our, <laughs> our listeners want to try this and tag us on your Instagram yeah. stories or something, I would like to see. I'll, I'm not. I'm gonna give this a try next yeah. next time I have uh, the yeah. right ingredients to to do this. Yeah, that's what I remember like eating a lot like at home, just like regular meals. They would have some sort of like, oh, we have some meat. Okay, we have some kimchi. We have some like veggies. Here, here's a bowl of rice. Here's some gim. Mm-hmm. And then you would you just you would do that. Um, last thing I made, um, you know, I still had some kimchi left. Uh, we also had some like fresh kimchi at the table. I will say actually that the kimchi chicken I made was, um, I did flavor it with some of the bison braise. Uh, I will also say that it like was maybe not as good. I think because I think my kimchi was not aged enough. Because <laughs> oh. like the longer you age in the refrigerator, as it continues fermenting, it gets more sour. And generally, you want to use the old sour kimchi for kimchi chicken because it just has that more of that that bracing mm-hmm. acidity to it. Was not as aged as it needed to be. So, but uh, you know, maybe next time I'll I'll I'll, I'll you know, make it right. So when we went to your house for um, Korean barbecue, how old was that kimchi? That was probably, that was, I'm trying to think. That was the last, that was pretty old uh, because I think that was the end of a batch. Okay. Yes, yes. Because you ran yeah, out. that was the end of a batch that I made. I mean, it can go on for very long. Like, I mean, the, the stuff technically can sit underground for a long time as it's fermenting. Like, that's the like traditional way, uh-huh. so we can go for a very, very, very long time. So for our listeners, um, uh, Doug had my wife and I over for Korean barbecue at his place with like a <laughs> flat griddle at a at yeah. an angle in the center of the table. We yeah. had uh, bulgogi, we had pork belly, right? Yeah, pork Vegan belly, scallops, 
kimchi <laughs> and then a bunch of side dishes that were delicious. We had like the, what was that fish? Oh, it was a, it was like a fish cake stir fry yes, kind fish of cake stir fry. Dish, side dish. Yeah, everyone really loved that. It's it's it's, uh, it's always interesting to see what, what people end up like. So many people are like, ew, fish cakes. Oh, I love <laughs> fish then, cakes. Yeah, but like they're they're super good. It, it's I know it's a processed food, but it's like, <laughs> but they're super good, um, and they just have a really interesting texture. So and yeah, it's it's like it's fish cakes, um, probably some scallions, probably some oil, but then you um, there's a lot of sugar or like honey in it, mm-hmm. and so you have this like very kind of like sweet uh, and lightly fishy taste to them, and it just has good chew. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's very dish. complex for. For what my first time trying, I was like, "Wow, there's so much flavor. There's so much going on with the textures, and yeah. there's like just hints of of little little tidbits that I really enjoyed." But I was thinking about that because like the kimchi, you say like it was the end of your batch, but the caramelization on the griddle, especially with yeah. like the the renderings of the pork belly and uh, yeah. the bulgogi, just you know seeping down the hot griddle into the kimchi, being absorbed and caramelized, <laughs> was just a beautiful flavorful yeah. with a little bit of char towards the end uh, mm. yeah it's 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 one of my favorite things to do and um it's i i can't find like i know that there are probably like official rigs for the way and, and sorry the, the the way that i did that was based on like a restaurant i used to go to when i was in korea mm-hmm. and i think it's like a stone grill and they have like a burner underneath it this time I just use an electric griddle and I just like prop up one side of it. <laughs> and so, and then have it run cause they have like the, the sort of like drip tray at one end of it. And so just have it run down there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice to be able to cook things in that way where like the flavor changes. It's like, you know, like hot pot, uh-huh. you know, is the same, the same kind of thing. Like the flavor change depending on what you put on the grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, I love being able to cook like that because, um, it's just like it's always changing and it's kind of fun it's a little more interactive um and so uh, it takes a little bit to get into i know the first time that i did it it was like um <laughs> it was it was funny because i was like with a bunch of other like english teachers um and i you know we walk into the restaurant and like automatically like the people there are like looking to me like what do you want in korean i'm like i, I don't i don't know i've never done this before <laughs> like the other teachers like you know it's always sort of unexpected but the other teachers have to like step and be like okay this is what we want um but like it's fun and i i wish i could find an official rig for that um but you know for now I, i'm using a little pancake griddle i think it works just propping I, up one side it's look you just need a little angle there that's yeah. Need, I think so. it works. I've, there's some places I've seen photos of. I haven't gone, so I'll, mm. I'll probably come talk more about this. But there's some uh, there's some Korean barbecue places that I've seen, and it's usually just like a they bring in like kind of like a camping stove, or like those single stoves, and it's just yeah. like a flat skillet. So I'm not. I really like the like the way you did it. So I'm curious to see if there's other restaurants here in the U.S. Um, Specifically in our in, in our area in the Midwest, I'm sure there's yeah. plentiful in, in California, but here if they have kind of like the method that you're speaking about, and yeah. how in Korea they'll have it, so kind of kind of be in a search for that because I I enjoyed it. I, my wife and I like she enjoyed it, so we're like, let's find a place here yeah. and then um, we can go to it and explore it. Yeah, I I think the more common one that you'll find is. Um, is the kind where hopefully if they, if they do the table side thing is where they actually get like charcoal and then they they throw it into the center of the table oh, like yes. there's like a, a spot for it and it's like a circular table and they have a spot and they throw the charcoal in there in like a little bucket and then you put the grill on top and then it's like a wire grill sometimes but then you just you grill the meat on top of that and that's more of like kind of like a barbecue because you've got that wood smoke ish uh, it's not super smoky it's not going to be like like American barbecue but you can still taste that kind of wood flavor and like that's that's like also i that was actually going to be the original option that we were going to do for that dinner but unfortunately it was raining outside and so i couldn't get the grill started off um, all i gotta say but, is that i enjoyed the the fact of like the rendering of like the pork belly the flavor of the bulgogi yeah. going into the kimchi and i don't think you can get that with with like the the, the wire with the smoke no you can't you can't do that with a regular grill so, so that's, like that's why that would be yeah. a happy like that would be, that's a difference maker that's <laughs> yeah that's it, what it's makes a big it difference maker huge yeah. yeah um but anyway like back to the camping trip the last meal i made was kimchi fried rice um and that was really fun that that was definitely 
like one of the things that I that was on the like to do list. And so I had a can of spam. I chopped that up. I, I had some the, the my last piece of uh, my last, you know, like kind of a cup of kimchi, chopped that up and, you know, had some rice, did a nice fry in that, some leftover rice. And um, like Korean fried rice, I feel like the way that I grew up with it is like very different than what most people sort of think of as fried rice. Like I feel like there's there's two kind there's at least two kinds of styles like mm-hmm. when you when it comes to fried rice. I feel like the Chinese variety that you see a lot is very much about separated grains mm-hmm. and very much about like being able to toss it and there's like, you know, there's you know and, and there's a lot of like wake and things like that and I think the kind of fried rice that I grew up with and the kind that I would eat at like diners a lot is a very different style, which is it's not about separated grains. It's not about like, you know, it, it's more of a casserole. It's more of like a, okay. you know, it, and so it sticks, it's stickier. It's, some might say gummier, but it's, it's, so there's more moisture in it, I think. Mm. Uh, and so it, it becomes more like you can, you can take a spoon and you can almost take like a chunk out of it instead of like scooping it. You are, you're almost like slicing pieces of it off. Okay. And so, um, and so there's more moisture there. You've got like the kimchi juice, you've got some um, gochujang, the Korean chili paste that generally is like very sweet mm-hmm. and kind of complex. Um, the kimchi in there, I used spam, you can use tuna. There's like a, a bunch of other things you can use, um, scallions, onions, things like that, garlic. Uh, and you just kind of put that all together. And like what I like about Korean fried rice especially is like versus some other fried rices is like usually there's the component of egg in fried rice where you like you know yeah you scramble it in a couple different ways there's a few ways of different doing it but it's like in the rice mm-hmm. you just have these like wonderful hopefully like fluffy curds of egg in there in korea the way they do it is when you're doing kimchi fried rice is you just you just fry an egg and then you put it on top <laughs> <laughs> You have like and if you're like me, soaked, you make sure it's like very there. soft, and then you you break the yolk and it soaks in. Oh, that sounds delicious. Else. I think yeah. I've, I've had that recently. Yeah, um, it's fun. It's it's such a it's and it's so easy to do, and it's so like I don't know. It's I think you the, don't need a lot of technique. Yeah, I think the <laughs> pressure of like kind of having like the Chinese method of having everything like separated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It definitely there's a lot of pressure of like you know having to use the the rice, the day old rice or making right. sure like, like the process, um, then cooking things a little bit separately than bringing them together. It's, yeah. it's a little trickier. So there's times where like, uh, it comes out more, I would say, not, I would say mushy, but kind of like you said, like more gummy, more stuck together. Yeah. And yeah. I could just say like, Hey, like this is a, a weird fusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, look, I, like they're both very good. And I'm just saying like, you know, I see a lot of people trying to do fried rice, and it's like there are there are multiple kinds. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just the the region in general is huge. So yeah, there's. Yeah, I'm interested to explore. I love making fried rice. I think that's one of my favorite things to make. It's just so much fun just to be able to toss oh, ingredients. So in many there. things you can do. Yeah, and there's so many things you can do, and then like what I would do with leftovers um, with the fried rice is you know. Heat it up the next morning, a little bit of bowl, and then have a, like a lightly fried egg on top. Oh, yeah. And it's just my favorite, favorite breakfast. You get yeah. that savory saltiness. There's also the complexity on it. There's different textures. Mm-hmm. It's kind of perfect. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Like fried rice is definitely one of those dishes that I, uh, you know, it's a good leftovers dish. Not even, you know, just because of like potentially day-old rice, but it's just... Um, Anytime you like cook anything and you have leftovers, you're like you could probably put that in fried rice somehow, <laughs> you know, you know, there, there's leftover veggies, anything that you're like, you just need to get rid of stuff in your fridge that your word is like going to go bad or you don't know what you're going to do with it. Fried rice is great for that. It's like pantry pasta is like another, I feel like pantry pasta and fried rice have like a very strong relationship to me. And they're like, I have some stuff I need to get rid of or like, you know, just leftover bits that I can't turn into like a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put them in this thing. I'm going to combine this all together. And it's a fun way to experiment and, and try things out. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not so great. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's, but it, it's usually always just fine. Um, at, at the very least, it's never going to be bad. Uh, you're mm-hmm. always going to have a good, decent meal out of it. And I, I think that's what's great. You it's can, good to have reliable standby like that. You can always dress it up too. If like it takes you halfway through and you're like, oh, I'm not liking that. You can add some. Yeah. I usually, Sometimes I put like a, a 
basil, um, kind of like balsamic to kind of amplify mm. a little taste. Just, just you know, you can always modify it to your tastings, and mm-hmm. and you can always balance it if you you know if it's too salty, add a little bit of sugar mm-hmm. or a little bit of honey. You can it's it's something you can always explore, and I encourage listeners to just try try different fried rice. It's just give yeah. it a whim and uh, tag us and send us pictures of of just ingredients that you know i don't know doug like i have i have a lot of stuff in my fridge that i need to cook so i might i might do this and just see what happens yeah yeah <laughs> no i i love it it's great well uh, david i i mean i think that 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 covers my cabin trip um you know got to cook a lot of really really great food uh got to eat a lot of really great food i didn't get to cover any of the, the restaurants but there is good food out there uh and it's fantastic got to eat some some game and some other things out there which was nice but um yeah yeah i mean i i think that wraps it up so our listeners if you want to share photos or you know tag us on instagram and facebook and share photos of like you know recipes or dishes that you made with like different kind of meat, like different game like bison caribou elk um duck like i think like duck is kind of common but not really (laughs) shared as much like kind of like what bison is and also fried rice Try some fried rice though. It's really fun once you do it. Trust me, you can mm-hmm. just chop things in. You can get the kids involved. It's it's really fun. Um, just make sure you have a big enough pan or pot to keep to contain yeah. all the deliciousness. Um, sometimes it'll get a little messy, but yeah, uh, <laughs> we want to thank you. I want to say thank you to Bo Brenton for our music. Uh, again, you can find him on social at Bo Brenton. That's B-E-A-U-B-R-E-N-T-O-N. And uh, you can find us at We Are Beyond Hungry on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can also DM us any questions or comments there or, or you know, share any photos that, that you have of your experiments. Uh, and also at uh, you can reach us by email at wearebeyondhungry at gmail.com. Please reach out to us and let us know what you've liked, what you haven't, and what you would like for us to, to talk about. As always, uh, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or however you rate podcasts. Also, if you want to write a little, little, little review, uh, you know, with words instead of just giving us uh, the the stars, uh, we would love that as well. And as always, thank you for listening. Thanks. 